How's it going? Welcome to YEGMS episode number 25. And in this episode, I'm on a boat, mother. I didn't say it. I didn't say I thought about it. You know that that uh, song from about seven years ago. I'm a boat. I'm on a boat. That's what I was thinking. But uh, in this episode, I uh, decided to record the bulk of it uh, while I was kayaking in a lake. Um, you'll notice when that segment starts that some of the audio may seem like it was highly edited, and it was. I had to redub uh, short pieces of the uh, of the vocals. Um, because I uh, ended up with some wind, and, and wind noise is really, really tough to get out of audio. Uh, but for the most part, it turned out pretty good. I uh, was out at the cabin last weekend, and I thought it'd be interesting to... I don't know why, but I thought it'd be interesting to record while I was uh, kayaking. And I also did it because when I, when I post the stuff to uh, YouTube, uh, you have to have either pictures or video, so... Now it's got some sort of first-person perspective uh, of a, somebody kayaking in the middle of a middle of a lake. So there you have it. Um, interestingly enough, uh, this I'm, while I'm recording this right now, it's uh, Tuesday night, uh, just after a long weekend here in Canada, just just after the Labor Day long weekend. And this coming, you know, this coming Friday, I'll actually be driving to Hinton, Alberta, um, right near Jasper, for the MS Mountain Bike, uh, in support of the Multiple Sclerosis Society of Canada. Uh, this is the first time I've done the MS Bike Tour, in, or sorry, the MS Mountain Bike, uh, which is very similar to every other MS Bike Tour, except for you ride up and down a mountain for two days. And the great part about that for me is um, a number of guys that I actually went, to, that I graduated from high school with in Kamloops, BC, in 1994, uh, have graciously agreed to to meet me in Hinton and then take part in the ride. And uh, these are guys that, you know, I used to mountain bike with when I was 16, 17, 18. And here we are 20 odd years later uh, doing it again. I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody's gonna get hurt. Uh, my goal for the weekend is to knock over my handlebars. Um, no guarantees. Uh, I'm going to have a real sore backside because I, I really haven't been doing a lot in, in, in the way of bike riding recently. Um, I run a lot, but I, I don't, <laughs> you know, it's it, the trick with, with the cycling. And the only time I usually ever ride my bike every year is usually just for the MS bike tour. Uh, I'm not a, not a huge cyclist. I really do enjoy mountain biking. Um, but you know the biggest thing is is really just training your saddle to uh, to get used to it, and you know I, I best intentions right. I mean I started out in the summer thinking I was going to ride 50k a week, no big deal, and I rode my bike twice. Um, really hoping the conditioning from running uh, takes over. Uh, I have a feeling I'm going to be pretty sore. Um, but anyways, it should be a really good time, you know. Uh, we rented a small cabin, and uh, I, I've been really looking forward to this weekend for, for a long time. We planned it, you know, this has been, I think we started planning this in either, like, May. And it's going to be great to see these guys, so looking forward to that. Uh, other news that has nothing to do with MS. 
my daughter started grade one today. And I really didn't think it was going to affect me all that much, but man, was I wrong. Uh, her mom took her to school this morning and took a, me was able to snap a picture before she left. And it, uh, you know, where does six years go? It, it's, really, it's really funny that as a parent, time just just flies by, you know. Um, you know, my son's four, my daughter's now six, and, and neither one of them is a baby. And, you know, Belle's going into grade one, Jonah's starting his second year of preschool. Um, I'm really starting to feel old, I guess. And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, a summer, that two months in the summer took a summer when I was a kid is a year now. Sorry, flip that around. A, 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 like a, the summertime, the amount of time I experienced, I, like I actually mentally experienced in a year, uh, now as a 40-year-old man, feels about the same as a summer did when I was 8, 9, 10, you know, 11 years old. And it... it it's mind-blowing in, in, in a lot of respects. It really, truly is. And it just seems like time just, it goes too fast. It really, really does. Um, but I'm happy to report I, uh, uh, I took my kids out for dinner tonight as, you know, after their mom went to work. And, you know, Belle seemed pretty happy about her class. She's really excited. She's got some friends in her class. So, you know, that's, it's all good. I mean, everything's great. But, man, it's... Uh, it's tough to see your babies grow up and, you know, you, you want the best for them and you want them to grow up. But at the same time, sometimes you wish that it would just slow down just a little bit. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm having that, you know, go through my head quite a bit this week. So, But anyways, coming up here in just a couple seconds is uh, me on a kayak talking about... Uh, some stuff I found in the news. And if you want uh, any of the links to any of this stuff, it'll be in the companion notes on allmonthwalterosclerosis.com. And I would appreciate feedback uh, on any of the stuff I talk about. Agree, disagree, like, dislike, whatever. And if you actually want to see the video of, that I took while I was recording, look up YGMS on YouTube. And while you're there, give it a like. You know, Maybe even subscribe to it. And give us a like on Facebook at allmultiplesclosis.com. Anyway, here's me on a kayak. Welcome to the YEGMS podcast, also broadcast on MSME Radio. If you hear some paddling in the background or you hear some waves, it's because I'm sitting in the middle of a lake on a kayak. I thought I'd try something a little bit different this time to uh, for, for the for the show um, now you can watch it on YouTube I have a head cam strapped to my well obviously my head and uh, you can kind of get a perspective of what I'm seeing uh, so on the show today uh, kind of three things that I noticed in the news that I want to talk about the first of which I found fascinating. I don't know if you saw this in the news, 
but uh, the Supreme Court of North, or sorry, not North Korea, certainly not North Korea, the uh, Supreme Court of South Korea has recently ruled in favor of a worker for the Samsung Corporation, and this worker worked in their, one of their LCD uh, TV and screen plants. Uh, 32-year-old woman by the name of Lee Hee Jin. And the Supreme Court of South Korea overturned a lower court ruling and stated that Jin, and here's a quote, uh, diagnosed with MS, should be recognized as having an occupational disease. And the article, the article that I read, this was from CBS News out of the United States, seems to suggest that isopropyl alcohol uh, and exposure to it may have led to her diagnosis. Now, I could have misread that, but I found it fascinating because it's... Um, I've never heard of anyone being able to claim MS as a, work, a workplace disease or have their diagnosis in any, at any way related to uh, where they work. And I've never heard, this is the first time I've ever heard of isopropyl alcohol being related to MS in any fashion. So, uh, yeah, I found that really, really fascinating. And, you know, I, you know the CBS News story, I wish there was more detail because I would have really liked to uh, dig into it. And I think I will in the future to find out if my interpretation of what I read was correct. But uh, if you're interested in reading it, the uh, the link will be on the companion note to this podcast uh, on ownmultiplesclerosis.com. Every time I release an episode, whether it's broadcast on the MSME radio network or just as a regular podcast through SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, uh, there's always companion notes to each episode. And for most of the episodes, there's there's extra links so that you can basically fact-check me and see where I got the information and, and decide for yourself if it's any use to you. Um, a fascinating story. I mean, can you imagine uh, having a high, high court somewhere in the world rule that uh, somehow multiple sclerosis should be considered, in this particular instance, an occupational disease? I found it absolutely fascinating. Another thing I wanted to mention is that a study that was published in the August 30th issue of Neurology is shown that the virus that causes mono may increase MS risk for multiple races. And of course, that, that the virus that causes mono is the Epstein-Barr virus. And I had heard in the past, and I know I've read in the past, that um, if you've had mono in the past, you know, your MS risk, risks were higher. So I don't think this is particularly new, but what was new about this study, and it was done with just over a thousand participants, is they looked at all races, so whether you were Hispanic, Black, White, Asian, and they found that the risk was the same. That if you but the key here seems to be is if you develop mono either as a teenager or early adult, 
your risk goes up. And whether if you had mono as a younger child, the risk doesn't seem to be as great. Now, every time I read something like this, I always try and qualify it in my own life and wonder, okay, is this something that I had or is this what this is applied to me? And for me, I, when I was about 20 years old, I developed mono and I remember it because I was living at home and going to university at the time. And it was probably the, the sickest I'd ever been. And I just remember sweating and sweating and sweating and my mom would come down, get me to stand up, change all my blankets because they were soaked for me sweating. And this went on for a few days and then it cleared up and I didn't think anything of it. Um, other than, you know, they cleared up and move on with your life, right? Well, 10 years after that came the MS diagnosis. So I definitely have had mono, so I would fit that group. And I often wonder, like, what, you know, what's, what's, what, what, what uh, everyone else's experience is. You know, did you have mono? Have you worked in an LCD factory? Um, because we don't know what, there's no definitive answer as to what causes it. It's always interesting to, to see. Which brings me to the next thing I wanted to mention is uh, there was an online report in the US News and World Report website. And it was an op-ed piece by a doctor by the name of Robert, Dr. Robert Vermel, and he was talking about the use of big data um, with relation to MS and other neurological disorders and how in the future that may help. And if you're unfamiliar with big data, I'm sure most of you listening are familiar with the Brad Pitt movie Moneyball. And what Moneyball is based on, I mean the movie's, you know, a Hollywood version of a true story. Um, it's based on a book called Sabermetrics, and the, the guy who wrote it, his name escapes me right now, but you can certainly look it up and figure it out. And actually, so I think his name was Bill James. And um, it was either in the late 70s or in the 80s, he had written a book about using statistical data in baseball um, to maximize a team's performance, and of course, the Oakland Athletics and the character that Brad Pitt plays did indeed use those techniques, and they've applied to other sports, other sports as well. Because in hockey, the main sport that I pay attention to, um, sabermetrics and, a, and, a, and big data, and that analytical approach to sport has become. Um, a regular part of the hockey lexicon, and it's, uh, but essentially what it is, it's using large amounts of data to try and better predict future results. So they use it in baseball, they use it in hockey, I'm sure they use it in basketball, I'm sure they use it in football. But how does that apply? But big data is not just relegated to professional sport. It, can be used for anything. So, you know, back to the last example I talked about with mono. With the computing power increasing exponentially the way it has been 
over the last 20 years and the available data stream if neurologists other folks could put that all together and start looking for trends. For example, if every time someone was diagnosed with MS, they were asked a question like, did you ever have mono? How old were you when it happened? Was it combined with cigarette smoking? How about alcohol? They could also look at dietary information and combine everything and attempt to identify trends. So maybe it's diet. Maybe it's cigarettes. Or maybe it's a combination of a number of factors. The thought that ran through my head was, and I don't know if everybody remembers, uh, remembers this movie, but the 1989 Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson Batman movie. Jack Nicholson plays the Joker, and he terrifies Gotham. Sorry, he terrifies Gotham City by poisoning the residents. And when they would die, they would end up with uh, giant smiles on their faces. And of course, it's Batman who discovers the, you know, discovers the code or uh, discovers that it's not one product which was poisoned, but several. And they had to be consumed together to poison the victims. And if I remember correctly, it was beauty products. So hairspray and shaving cream or toothpaste and mouthwash. Or there was a, several different basically ingredients, but in this case they are products that, that produce the result of somebody dying and in post-mortem they'd end up with this giant Joker-like grin on their face. Uh, you know, that was the thought that, you know, reading this uh, conjured in my head. Ridiculous example to use, but I think uh, you understand where I'm going with this. Is it possible that MS is, a, is the result of a variety of things all coming together? Could it be genetics combined with the, you know, latitude of where you live, combined with your diet, combined with, um, you know, maybe maybe the getting mono as a teenager was the trigger, you know, that caused that path. And for me, it's fascinating to look at. I mean, I found that being somebody diagnosed with the disease and without a lot of answers, I find it very cathartic to do research on my own and at least try to get a better understanding for myself um, what's potentially happening with me and, and, and others like me. Um, further to that, uh, that story, I'll quote the doctor here in his final said, oh, before I should do that, I should mention one of the reasons why he wanted to take this analytical big data approach is that currently the United States Food and Drug Administration, which is of course different than here in Canada, but most of the same drugs uh, that are approved in the U.S. are approved in Canada and vice versa. Um, anyway, the Food and Drug Administration in the United States currently has over 14 disease-modifying therapies approved for the treatment of MS. And myself, I've used two. Uh, I used, uh, not Rebif, um, Copaxone for about two years. And then my neurologist switched me off that to Tecfidera, and I've been on Tecfidera probably for another two years now, maybe a little longer. 
And if, if they could put all the people that are taking the different DMTs in to a database, and then they could start looking at it from, okay, well, so maybe Capaxone works best for uh, women between the ages of, I don't know, I'm just using examples here. This isn't real, but maybe, you know, women between the ages of uh, 25 to 36, where Tecfidera works best for men between the ages of say 30 to 40 and so on and so on just by looking at the populations that are using the DMTs and their success rates can you imagine if there was a database like that how hugely valuable that would be you know uh, I don't think looking or studying any data would be a, a bad thing comparing that data to get a clear picture of what's working for different people um, you know, well, here we are from the author's pers perspective. Here's the final, the final sentence of the article. Supple supplementing subjectivity with truly objective data-driven insights may help solve the mysteries of neurological diseases and lead to better, better patient outcomes. And I think that's the, the last little bit is the key, better patient outcomes. Because I know getting diagnosed is terrifying because nobody can tell you a whole lot. But wouldn't you feel a little bit better if say you're a 35 year old lady, or sorry I shouldn't say lady, 35 year old woman, and your neurologist sitting in front of you and they can say, you know what, out of 15,000 pa patients, or sorry, we have 15,000 patients with your same basic profile, 35-year-old woman, non-smoker, had mono when they were 18. This has been the most successful treatment where we've seen the least amount of disease progression. Wouldn't that give you a lot more comfort? It would for me. Just say, okay, well, this has worked for the majority. You know, I'm in. But that that could even apply to you know alternative therapies. And I don't want to just talk about the uh, the pharmaceutical approach. Let's say, let's say that you're on one of the numerous MS diets, and uh, and there was a data bit database which said, hey, for people with your profile, eating a gluten-free, soy-free diet and supplementing with these vitamins has shown this success rate. Or people who do that and combine it with a regular exercise program have shown this success rate. Wouldn't for you, wouldn't for you as a patient, wouldn't that for you as a patient give you a tremendous deal more comfort? I think it would. It certainly would for me. Now, I can't speak for everyone, but it would give me a lot more confidence in what the doctor was telling me. So, yeah, those are the three items I wanted to talk about this week. As always, 
if you want to be part of YEGMS, if you want to be a guest, if you want me to read a letter, if you uh, want to send me some notes, uh, reach out to me. You can reach me anytime at Sean, S-E-A-N, at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. That's Sean at O-W-N, multiplesclerosis.com. You can also read the companion notes uh, for this podcast, which is episode number 25, on my blog at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. Uh, that way you can fact check me or read the articles that I'm referencing. Uh, so you can make the decision for yourself. I mean, I'm not here uh, to claim that I have any miracle cures or, uh, you know, that I know more than your neurologist. Because I certainly don't. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm just a voice on the internet. And, uh, and I think anyone listening should really dig into them, this stuff themselves. It's really important, I think, that you do and that you're comfortable uh, with the information that you're consuming. Um, and as mentioned from the outset, if you, you, know, if you want to see what it was like, you know, want to see what perspective I had as I was paddling around the lake uh, while I was recording this, you can uh, search YEGMS on YouTube. You can also find YEGMS on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and you can also find it on iTunes. And as always, this, uh, this is also being broadcast on the MSME Radio Network. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, take care, and I'll talk to you soon.